What's up, everybody? Is JJ? This is Mini Manso Friday, guys. I think we only have two episodes left. We have two episodes left. I hope you guys can hear a difference in the way I do this episode today in our very first episode together. Trust me, you guys have been super graceful, super patient. It is a little awkward sitting up here just talking to myself. I never, never thought I'd be doing that. I look forward to the day where I can actually bring a guest onto these mini mansodes or whatever we do. I think it might be a little bit better of an experience. So you guys have been troopers this whole season to tag along with me and my solo episodes. I really appreciate it. And today we are going to be talking about getting over heartbreak. As a dude, this is the dude version. Not that it really changes, but I do think there is some specific things as it relates to men, emotional pain, and heartbreak that we just we have to cover. And I don't think this is something that you're necessarily going to get from your church, from your friend group. There's not a ton of content out there. In fact, I have a little part later in this show today where I talk about I went on Reddit to find advice. And it's just not good. Like if I was a guy looking for advice on how to get over heartbreak and I went to Reddit, it was not good. And we'll talk about that. But today we're going to jump into it, getting over a heartbreak as a dude. I'm super pumped and we are going to get started. Let's go. Okay. So housekeeping items today. We got Heart of Dating Conference. That's February 18th and 19th. You guys know it. What's super, super, super exciting is we got single mogs uniting. If you guys haven't yet, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. I'll drop you into the mog house. There's a house right now that's filling up. It's got 14 14 guys in it. Listen, it's going to cost each guy $140 to stay there for the weekend, okay? That's so much more affordable. Don't pigeonhole yourself into a hotel room by yourself unless you just really, really need that much privacy. Find a group of people to experience harder dating with. There are lots of people going by themselves, so make sure you ahead of time and get on the ball and do it. Go ahead and DM me. I, I will gladly connect you guys. Okay, here we go. TSA, you already know we are scheduling out 2023 masterclasses. It's popping in TSA. I just want to say for my TSA members listening to this, hasn't it been an amazing journey? I think I love more than anything is we go there, we talk about hard-hitting topics, and we stay there. We don't just wrap it up and say, all right, that was a great hour, hour and a half, two hour masterclass, as you guys know. We talk about it for an entire month. We deeply want to change. We deeply want to internalize God's word and the truth that he has for us. That is why I love TSA. Okay, moving on. What I am loving this month, spiritually, I think this framework has really, really changed how I approach topics especially as it pertains to sinful patterns in my life. As I'm married now, there is plenty of feedback on things that I do not do well. And so immediately in my logical male brain, I like to isolate a problem and say, okay, I'm really defensive lately. I really, really want to avoid being defensive. I don't want to be defensive to my wife when she follows up on things. I want to be grateful for those opportunities to improve, grateful for a partner who holds me accountable. I really want to avoid being defensive. 
a lot of you guys would hear that, myself included, and say, yeah, that sounds great. We really want to avoid these bad things. The problem with that is that it's just behavior modification. It does nothing about the heart or the root of our issue. We want to replace behavior modification with something called joy power, joy power. I want to replace avoidance of with joy power, with gratitude power. Think about this. Do you think Jesus lived his life in avoidance of? Did he live his life in avoidance of being a bad boy? Do you think he lived his life in avoidance of being defensive, being selfish? I'm going to avoid being really angry right now. No. No, his life was based and founded on something so much greater than the avoidance of mindset. It was for the joy set before him because God so loved the world that he did. Because Jesus looked out in the crowd and had compassion, he did. Joy power, love power, gratitude power. These are the powers that we want to channel and target our life on, right? We don't want to avoid bad things. We, the life is so much more than that, right? And so that's spiritually a framework that I have just been really sitting in lately that's really spoken to me and Kate. Don't live in the avoidance of. Live in something so much greater than that. We're called to something so much greater. Okay, lifestyle-wise, you guys are going to hear some updates about this. I'm a road tripper, baby. I'm a road tripper. Next week, we are leaving for our Christmas break <laughs> road trip. We are going to go to Moab. We're going to go to Breckenridge. We're going to go to Amarillo, Texas. Not by choice, all right? That's just a convenient place to stop for us. And then we're going to go to Dallas. Kate's going to be joining me. It's going to be me, Kate, Lovey, and Teddy. We're going to be packing out that Prius just in case my Colorado fam. I've done a lot of research, but I just need you guys to confirm. I'm pretty sure, I'm 99% sure if I pack chains, I can drive my Prius on the major highways in the snow in Colorado. I think it's cool, but personally, for me, I just love road trips. Flights are insane. They've been insane for the past, I don't know, year. And so Kate's, Kate's going to be rolling with me. I'm going to be driving by myself. A side note, I love to drive at night. Like if I got a 24-hour road trip, you know I am leaving at 7 p.m. and driving through the night. It is so convenient. I have no traffic, and that's where you make up a ton of mileage. I just listened to a really nice fictional audiobook, some podcasts, and I just crush some caffeine and mileage. Okay, uh, media-wise, if you haven't seen it yet, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, it's sick. It's super, super sick. It's got a lot going on, a lot of new characters, a lot of passing of the torch. But as far as a memento, it's a really, really awesome masterpiece to Chadwick Boseman. It's super, super cool, really emotional, a lot of character development. I loved it. And by far and away, as far as Marvel movies, it's not saying much. It's definitely the best Marvel movie of the year. I personally have loved their TV shows a little bit more lately. But yes, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, go see it. I love it. Okay. Moving on, my favorite segment. I hope this one's helpful. My favorite part about in my DMs is that guys will message me and like over half of them now, their first phrase, their first line is, hey, JJ, I never thought I'd actually end up DMing you, but I have this problem. And then they ask me a question. So just know, you know, I'm always there. I love these DMs. And if you guys have a question about something, there's a very good chance 
there's another single mog listening right now who has that same question. So by you being bold, by you being courageous, it actually helps out everybody. Okay, so here's the question. JJ, I'm dating a girl who after the third date revealed she is dating multiple people. After not having mentioned that at all, she then followed up the next day and did an amazing job of explaining why she was doing it. There you go. Good job. I tend to get anxious thoughts about not knowing where I am and where I stand, even though she says I'm interested in you and want to keep dating you. I think this is because I tend to attach easily and I struggle with the anxiety and the uncertainty of a dating relationship. Do you have any advice for me? So... Yes, sir. Number one, anytime a man admits feelings like this and the anxiety and asks for help, let's just pause and say, bravo, bro. Bravo, bro. (laughs) I like that. I love it. I mean, listen, we got to really normalize and come to a place where we respect and admire men for stopping and admitting these things and sharing those feelings. That is an awesome, awesome start, okay? That's half the battle. And number two, you nailed it, okay? It's not necessarily a she's dating multiple people problem. It's more like I have a challenge with anxiety and attaching too easily problem, right? So we're taking ownership and we're really recognizing where the true issue is. So that being said, that really is half of the healing process, right? Like we have to know what's wrong, for God to, to heal it, right? God can't heal what we're not presenting as a problem. So just understanding what needs healing is the best place to start. And then from there, your Bible, your prayer time, then your closest guy friends, YouTube, these tools and these people and, and the Trinity and God's word, these are your best friends to learn more. It's so important here to learn more and and have God illuminate to learn a little bit more about anxious attachment style, to learn a little bit more about struggling with uncertainty, because that's where you start to journal and you start to have the Holy Spirit illuminate. Hey, is this fear surfacing, fear that God doesn't have a story for my life? Is this control surfacing my life where I, I have to control the dating relationship? The most important thing for any guy listening here that fundamentally in life is we have to ask ourselves this question because this will not go away. You ready? Are you okay with things not being okay? Are you okay with things being uncertain? Guess what? The uncertainty of life, the anxiety of life, that's guaranteed. We have to grow and mature into a place, especially as men who want to lead one day, that we are okay. We still have peace even though things around us are not okay, even though things are a little crazy, okay? So this is a wonderful opportunity for you to start to explore that in singleness because if you wanna be a great leader, you're gonna have to be at that place as a man. Okay, so 10 minutes, that was pretty good. We got about 15 minutes here. I had a man DM me, he goes, I've really enjoyed your not so many man sods, 35 minutes. I was like, okay, bro, well, I can go an hour, okay? Don't push me, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I will try to keep these more to a mini-sode. I think we're pretty, we're doing pretty good on pace today. So today's episode is about heartbreak as a dude. And I'm going to keep it 100 today, okay? I'm going to let you in behind the curtain of hearted dating, okay? So did you know the majority of men in hearted dating, if I had to put a number on it, the percentage of men the reason why they follow hearted dating, 
the reason why they are here to learn, I would say 90% of the men in Heart of Dating are here because of heartbreak. Let me say that again, 90% overwhelming. I would say nine out of 10 dudes in Heart of Dating are here because of heartbreak. Heartbreak by far has been the number one motivator for the majority of men, I would say in heart of dating, to join, to learn, and put themselves in a position of growth. This, of all the data, of all the things, I did a bunch of surveys, I did a bunch of data analysis when I joined heart of dating, this was so clear early on. Heartbreak by far was the number one motivator for men. So if we're building on a foundation right away, we're going to jump into some teaching. And there's one thing for you all here to learn right away, especially if you are in a season of heartbreak. It's that this, here's the truth. Here's our foundation today. Heartbreak is hard. It hurts. It really hurts. It is the equivalent of, of experiencing physical hurt. Okay. And emotional pain as men, I would argue is really, really tough and maybe even more difficult because the cultural norm of man and manliness is to suppress, right? We internalize. So it's really, really difficult as a man. And I would say despite that, despite the pain of heartbreak, there is hope because heartbreak can be an incredible motivator. It can be a powerful force a spark, a catalyst to amazing change and growth. If you don't believe me, look at your past. Hey, men of hearted dating who are here because of heartbreak, look at you. You would not be here maturing if it wasn't for heartbreak. It is amazing, astounding how powerful heartbreak can be as a catalyst for change. You guys know me, I'm a big visual learner, and the way I imagine this episode, if I had to paint a picture for you, heartbreak is a fork in the road, the tale of two paths, okay? Heartbreak, after the pain, eventually comes to a fork in the road in our life where it can be the greatest blessing, it can be the greatest catalyst, and truly where rejection becomes the greatest redirection in our life, or It can be the thorn in our side. It can be the greatest inhibitor, the greatest preventer of growth and maturing as men. Because when we don't transform the pain, we transmit it to ourselves and we transmit it to other people. Let me say that again. When we don't transform emotional pain, we transmit it to ourselves and we transmit it to other people. Okay? That is why the stakes are so high when it comes to emotional pain. That is why it's important to take it so seriously because there is a lot at stake. The way you should think about what's at stake is you imagine a line graph. Think about like retirement savings or real estate, you know, housing prices going up. It's a graph that starts on the bottom left and over time, right, it grows to the top right. Okay. And then imagine a second line that is flat or even declining, right? What we like to think about is that gap at that one month versus one month. That's the little difference, right? Like a half inch, a little gap after a month or month. Really the big change is at the end of the graph, after a year, after two years. Think about that massive gap between growth 
and the massive gap between a refusal to change, staying in the victim mentality, the emotional pain, the heartbreak. That is what is at stake. Years, years of growth and maturing and learning, okay? So I say all that, men, in hopes that it encourages you. I hope that it deeply encourages you that getting over the heartbreak as a man is for the joy set before you. There is hope. There is freedom at the end of the pain. The pain, it takes extreme vulnerability and strength to acknowledge, to cry it out. By the way, did you know 70% of the Psalms, 70% of the man after God's own heart wrote a book of the Bible and 70% was lamenting. 70% of the Psalms is crying out to God. It's the greatest trap of the enemy to keep men to internalize their pain, to keep it not cool to share pain, to keep it not mainly to be vulnerable and share a heartbreak and be vulnerable with other men. That is the way the enemy prevents us from growing as men. That is the greatest trap we can fall into as men, okay? So we need to reject that cultural norm as men. That is a cultural norm that has seeped into the church, that has seeped into our men's groups, that has seeped into our community groups. It's not cool, okay? We need to be men who normalize. It's cool. It's strong. It's amazing when a guy admits his weaknesses, when he stands in humility, when he shares those those vulnerable thoughts, that vulnerable pain with other men. I admire my fellow men, my brothers in Christ, my men in my close community when they're vulnerable. When they set the tone like that, especially when the big bad guy who I respect the most When he goes there and he sets the tone and he's deeply honest about what he struggles with or that pain he might feel, that emotional pain, I'm telling you, every guy in the group is just in shock and in respect and challenged to be vulnerable from that point on. So here are a couple myths. I talked about this a little bit earlier. I like to start some of my episodes and just do quote unquote market research and be like, what's out here? Like if I was a dude who maybe even wasn't a Christian and I went to Reddit, (laughs) I'm a big Reddit guy and you just Google it. You guys can do this. Google getting over heartbreak as a man, Reddit, and then go to Reddit and look, here's some of the advice. You ready? Hey brother, you know, time heals all wounds. Time heals all wounds. Secondary to that, just, you know, find a hobby and distract yourself, bro. I get it. It's hard, but just find a hobby and distract yourself. You know, the time will go by and you'll get over it. Okay. And then sometimes a guy gets a little bit more philosophical and say, hey, bro, you need to logically understand that she is not the only girl. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of girls. She's not the only one. A lot of these have a sliver of truth, but I will just be honest. Time heals all wounds might be the biggest load of bull crap I've ever heard. Time time heals nothing. Time heals nothing. If you had a physical cut or wound in your body, time will heal the wound, but time itself doesn't heal the wound. Your body is an amazing machine that issues red blood cells to the scene that carterizes the wound that creates a blood crust and protects the wound and then heals over time. The body is healing the self, not time. Time is an ingredient, yes, in the recipe of healing, but time does not heal anything, okay? Finding a hobby to distract yourself, that's just medicating. I mean, you might as well go out and, you know, this for me, find a hobby and distract yourself. Like, that is the idea of just, 
you know, suppressing, compartmentalizing, you know, finding something to self-medicate, that's all in the same bucket. That does nothing to treat the wound itself, okay? And then lastly, logically understand that she's not the undergirl. Look, there is a degree where this is true. There are there are so many women out there, right? Like there are so many women out there. That logical truth is a great reminder to keep in mind. But again, do you know what all three of these have in common? They do nothing to address the actual wound. They do nothing to address the actual pain of the heartbreak, right? Which is the why we're, you know, on Reddit in the first place. <laughs> okay. So here we go. This is where we're going to be different. This is where we have a game plan. This is where we have God's word that leads us onto something else, right? So what do we do? Here are six steps. Okay. This is practical evangelical. Here are six steps to getting over heartbreak as a dude. Okay. But seriously, here, here are six steps that I would give you and some kind of logical order for you to follow. But and I would just say, if you're in heartbreak right now listening to this, just know one thing. You are not alone, okay? When you're stabbed in the leg, it's kind of hard to think about anything other than the pain and the stabbing in your leg. But after that shock, there is a lot of comfort knowing that you're not alone, that you look up and you see a lot of other men going through the exact same thing as you. So you're not alone, brother. And I'm here with you. I'm I'm here cheering you on. My DMs are open. And just know, like, if there's a man who's been out here and been alive in relationships, he's gone through something very similar. So my six steps for you guys today would be this. Number one, I would say be courageous. Be courageous, men. This is that irreplaceable ingredient. You got to be courageous and acknowledge the feelings, okay? Number two, process the emotions. Process the emotions. Number three, healthy coping healthy coping, okay? Number four, refuse to invalidate or minimize. And we'll talk about that. It's so good. That's one of my favorite ones. Number five, also one of my favorites, embrace the learning that God has for you. Embrace the learning that God has for you. And then lastly, forgive. Forgive. Forgive her. Forgive yourself. And we'll talk about that. So jumping into number one, for me, I don't feel like we have a lot of problems in the church as much as we have this. We have an encouragement problem. We have an encouragement problem. So I just want to encourage you guys, be courageous, dude. Be courageous. I know you want to suppress. I know you want to lash out. I know you want to minimize. I totally get it. It's easy to numb. It's easy to compartmentalize, okay? But I have a question for you. Why would God give you emotions? Why would he give you feelings? If they were a bad thing, why do they exist? If they were a bad thing for you to go through, I know it's hard, but oftentimes the hard thing is the right thing. Oftentimes the hard thing is the healthy thing. So I just want to normalize your emotions and the feelings and what you're going through. It's not a bad thing. God would not have created these feelings if they were bad. Okay. How you get to choose to respond to it though, is the most important. Number two, process emotions. Again, 70% of those Psalms, okay, 70% is lamenting. If the man after God's own heart is spending 70% of a book he wrote lamenting and crying out, do you think it's a good idea for us, okay? And one helpful way I love to picture this because men, we love to live in our logic, right? Emotion bad, logic good. (laughs) Emotion bad, logic good. 
Well, it doesn't have to be an either or. We don't have to prioritize one or the other. My favorite picture that I love to cherish internally in my mind and spirit is this. Think about a strand of DNA and that helix, right, strand of DNA. You have, it's curving and winding, but ultimately the structure is, it's two strands and then they're binded together by proteins and amino acids. On one strand, that's our emotion, and the other strand is our logic. And binded together, I think, is our spirit. That's our prayer. That's our thought life. And a lot of times we just like to do, you know, logically pray, logically pray, or the other side might just be like an emotional, emotional, emotional. It doesn't have to be an either or. We can both and. I love the idea of just intertwining. I read the Psalms and I say, there it is. That's an emotional and logical just intertwining and prayer of worship, of surrender, of praise, of offering up, of surrendering, of mourning, right? I love that DNA, just our thought life, our logic, and our emotions just all intertwined in God. And then from there for processing practically, just find safe guy friends, guys who you know love you. This could be a mentor. This could be, you know, your brothers or a therapist. Those are wonderful people to find who you know are for you, okay? Number three, I love this one, healthy coping, okay? There's a difference between healthy coping and unhealthy coping. I would say healthy coping, the difference between unhealthy coping is the objective here is not just to distract you, okay? We're dealing with the pain. We're processing the pain. But coping the healthy way, this is important, okay? Hey, look, this this is okay. It's okay to healthily cope. This is what I would say is, you know, you're finding a way to spend time with friends. You're finding a way to get back into your hobbies, to enjoy activities that bring you joy in order to what? To manufacture joy, right? These are things, these are these are things that you enjoy. These are passions in your life. God created and gifted you those passions to enjoy life, okay? We're not just called to die and mourn in sackcloth and mourning, okay? God God created very great things in this world for us to enjoy, okay? We essentially need to create peaks from the valleys of sorrow. We need to create peaks of joy from the valleys of sorrow. So, and then we obviously know the distinction here is we're not coping to distract. We are coping to create and renew joy in our life, okay? Number four, I love this one. Here we go. You ready? Refuse to invalidate or minimize. Refuse to invalidate or minimize the pain. It's a trap. Isn't that funny? This is a trap. This is a trap. Why? Because this is a big deal here. Why? Because a couple things. You ready? Buried feelings, they never die. Buried feelings never die. And more importantly, like we talked about earlier, if the pain is not transformed, it's transmitted to you and it's transmitted to others. This will hinder you. This will hinder your future relationship. It will hinder your future partner. And it will hinder your ability to lead as a leader in your family unit and your community, okay? Undealt with pain from the past will affect and hinder your ability to lead in the future, okay? 100%. That is maybe the best one-liner of this whole podcast today that just was rattled off. That was definitely a Holy Spirit thing, okay? Number five, embrace the learning that God has for you. This, men, 
is the fork in the road, okay? It is better to learn from our mistakes, from our failure, than it is to repeat them. Don't set yourself up to make the same mistake. If you're making the same mistake over and over in dating, I just can't, like, don't. Don't make the same mistake. The only way we do this is to embrace the learning that God has for you. Embrace your failure that you committed. Grow, like grow. For anybody out there who has had pain and hardship, when you look back, no matter how hard it was, no matter how painful it was, you are ultimately what? You're grateful for those experiences. Why? Because you don't forge metal under comfort. God doesn't forge great men and great leaders through an easy, nice, little, convenient life, okay? Pain, pain points us to an experience where there is nothing but learning and growth, okay? Pain doesn't forge men, God forges men, okay? And pain just points us to the problem, okay? I know that was a little sporadic, but I hope you guys followed that thought there, okay? I just, don't get me started on men making the same mistake over and over. I was that guy 100%, and it just deeply hurt me, my community, and the women I interacted with, but that's for another time, okay? Lastly, we're doing pretty good on time. I'll wrap this up. Okay, the last one is forgiveness. Forgive, 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 forgive. Forgiveness is not a one-time decision, okay? We get this idea of like Jesus on the cross and all of our sins and he's like, they're forgiven. No, there's not a, a one final moment of deep forgiveness. Forgiveness is actually, it is that and it's also an everyday decision. Every feeling of resentment is an opportunity f- to forgive. Every time you're having a conversation about that person, about that thing that offended you, that hurt you, That's an opportunity to forgive and extend honor and grace. And what's at the end of that? Well, there's freedom. At the end of forgiveness, there is freedom. Freedom to extend love. Freedom to receive love. So forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. I just want to ground yourselves in this last truth. You might have failed. You might have failed colossally. You might have messed up the relationship. It might have failed. But God did not fail. God in his story did not fail. I look back on my past at every rejection and I am so thankful. I look back on my past at every rejection and I am so thankful. I guarantee you, you will have the same thought, okay? You will look back with appreciation and gratefulness for every rejection. I love you, fam. Happy Wildlife Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Next week's gonna be amazing. And I will see you guys later. Bye-bye.